0: Happy hump day to you as we reach the midway point of the week. And on today's Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we deep dive tonight's pitching matchup. It's a doozy. Jose Barrios versus you, Darvish. (laughs) Plus, we put together a team, a good one too, of players who played for the Padres and the Blue Jays. Blue Jays have played the Padres, you know, fewer than any team in all of baseball. But ironically, these two franchises have shared a ton of talent over the years. We're going to have some fun with that. And in the last segment, we start to look at trade deadline strategy and targets. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. Been locked on the Toronto Blue Jays pretty much my entire life ever since I can remember. Anyway, I can tell you Toronto Blue Jays baseball is a big deal to me. Toronto Blue Jays baseball is a big deal to my family as well. I thank you for spending part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jays baseball with me. And of course, the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm just absolutely thrilled to to mention that the Locked On Blue Jays podcast is your only daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast as well. Yes, indeed. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Reminder that all the Blue Jay action this season is available for you to take in on SiriusXM. And to the everydayers watching the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast YouTube page, hello, thank you for that. Please hit that like, leave that comment, and hit that subscribe if you haven't already. And to the everydayers making the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, hello and thank you to you as well. Please do hit that five-star rating. Good looking and intriguing pitching matchup tonight as Jose Barrios and the Toronto Blue Jays host you, Darvish, and the San Diego Padres. Let's get into that. Jose Barrios on the mound, La Makina. Hope I'm saying that right. I think I am for the Toronto Blue Jays tonight. Eight and six on the season, 3.41 ERA. Jose Barrios last season had a 5.27 ERA, it was the worst in the league this season. He's sitting in the top 10 in the American League for ERA. Are you absolutely kidding me? Have we loved what we've seen from Jose Barrios? Again, worst ERA in baseball in in the league last year. His 3.41 ERA right now, that's on pace to be the best of his career. Is that improvements? Is, Is that improvements? My goodness, you're going from the worst ERA in the league to top 10 and on pace for your career best? Wow. And Jose Barrios getting a career best. I mean, that's saying something, right? This isn't some Johnny-come-lately pitcher. He's been in the league for a while. He established himself as a very good pitcher. So to be on pace after having the worst ERA, now you're on pace for your best ERA ever, and you're in the top 10 in your league. Well, I mean, the kudos are pouring in and need to be pouring in for Jose Barrios, what we've seen from him so far in 2023. His last 13 starts, the Blue Jays have won 10 of those 13 starts. The Blue Jays are on a 10-3 and run with Jose Barrios, And that that includes the Blue Jays this season now are six and two at Rogers Center when Barrios starts. Since the Toronto Blue Jays acquired Jose Barrios in 2021 at that trade deadline, he's made 30, 3 0, he's made 30 starts at Rogers Center. Blue Jays are 23 and 7 in those starts. I mean, is that good? Wow, wow. Let's look at the seven losses with Barrios on the mound at Rogers Center. The Blue Jays scored one, two, zero, two, zero, zero, two. Are you kidding? One run average. One, They average one run per game in those seven losses. So basically, when Jose Barrios has been on the Roger Center mound, repping the Toronto Blue Jays, and the offense does anything, the Jays' offense could even do that, that pathetic thing they do with Kevin Gosman, where they only get three runs every game. Go ahead. Because if Barrios is on the mound and the offense does anything, the Blue Jays have won that game since acquiring Jose Barrios at the 2021 trade deadline. Very, very, very impressive. Oh, I was hitting my microphone there. Sorry. Now, the Blue Jays have not played the Padres in ages, I know, last night, but prior to this series. But there are several Padres that have faced Jose Barrios in the past, and he's done well against them. The Padres he'll face tonight are combined 13 for 56. That's just the two thirty-two batting average with three home runs in there against Jose Barrios. Now, Manny Machado, he's the exception here. Manny Machado has has hit Jose Barrios. Machado's 5 for 12 with a home run against against Jose Barrios. So the rest of the of the Padres tonight combined, they're just eight for 44 domination, right, for Jose Barrios. But we're going to have to watch that Manny Machado at bat for sure. In, in the past, Barrios has dominated Gary Sanchez from his New York Yankee days. He's dominated Xander Bogarts from his Bosox days. And it's a real shame. I mean, it's not a real shame. It's great to see. I, I'm sure you saw the Padres um, uh, yesterday. They released uh, Ruben Rugnet Odur <laughs> So if you're hoping, if you're planning on, yeah, hoping to be able to boo Odur uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday with with the Padres in town. That that opportunity did go out the window. But still, uh, Rugnet O'Durr just two for 19 with five strikeouts versus Jose Barrios. That's how much we hate O'Durr, right? He's not even part of this game. He's not even in the mix anymore. If he's just two for nine against the Blue Jay pitcher, you know I have to bring it up, right? I mean, <laughs> Rugnet O'Durr is a four-letter word in the Toronto Blue Jay fan base and, and deservedly so. Jose Barrios not only on pace for his best ERA ever, but he's also on pace for his best WAR since 2019. Again, I'm going to say have have we seen a turnaround from Lamakinah from 2022 to 2023, very impressive. How about the mound opponent? Well, that's fellow righty, fellow veteran righty You Darvish. You Darvish checks in today at 6 and 6 with a 4.65 ERA, 4 and 3 on the road but a 5.52 ERA on the road. One thing to watch tonight is is Yu Darvish this season, he has been completely dominant the first time through the batting order. But, wow, we're seeing left, right, and center. Teams are making adjustments the second and third time they see him, and they are getting to Yu Darvish as the game goes on. So we'll keep an eye on that tonight for the Blue Jays. For Yu Darvish, this will be a sixth career start ever at the Rogers Center, a really neat 2.67 ERA in the previous five starts at Rogers Center. But those starts were ages ago. He was a Texas Ranger, so not a lot of a recent uh, success or, or either not a lot of recent experience for you Darvish on this mound certainly has never pitched here. Of course, with the new renovations, or sorry, with the new dimensions, the U Darvish will be on extra days rest and it is worth noting his best games this season have been on extra days rest. So maybe a glass half empty thing there. You Darvish. Wow. What can you say about this guy? He throws the kitchen sink at you. Any pitch, whatever, whatever pitch ails you, man, you Darvish has got it in his arsenal. Now, in particular, his, his four-seamer this season and his slider have been hit really hard. The four-seamer's been hit pretty well. The slider's been rocked. His curveball and his splitter, now these are a couple pitches that have been completely unhittable. So if you're the Blue Jays tonight, you're up. You're in the box against you Darvish. You need to have a game plan, yes. You need to have a plan of attack, but need to be really zoned in on reading the spin coming out of his hand. If you read the spin as the curve or the splitter, man, you're best to lay off it because you're probably not going to have success. If you see that it's the four-seamer or the slider, Get ready to go ahead and pounce. Get ready to go ahead and attack. In particular, because we've seen Darvish you know, hang a bunch of sliders this season. For the Blue Jays, you have to be ready to pounce on that pitch tonight. George Springer has been particularly dominant in his career against you, Darvish. Nine for 22. That's a 409 batting average. And three of those nine hits for George Springer were Springer dingers. I can't. I don't have the guts to go all the way to predict a leadoff Springer dinger today because again, Yu Darvish has been really good in the first, you know, the first time through the order. But that second time through the order, so a third or a fourth inning Springer dinger, yeah, I could see that happening tonight. Brandon Belt from his National League West days, right? San Diego Giants, sorry, San Diego Padres versus San Francisco Giants. Belt had has a lot of experience against Yu Darvish. Six for eighteen lifetime. That's a three thirty three batting average. Two of those six hits were home runs, and of course. You already know where I'm going with this, right? It's Brandon Belt. So what am I going to say next? Of course, he's got a bunch of walks in there, right? That's what Brandon Belt does. Belt's on-base percentage against you, Darvish, is a very impressive 429. Brandon Belt gets on-base, right? That's what we're learning about this veteran. This guy gets on-base. Dalton Show. Now, he also has a lot of experience against you, Darvish, from the NL West days, right? San Francisco, uh, sorry, San Diego Padres versus Arizona Diamondbacks. And every dayers will know, my gosh, we rack our brains constantly deep diving the pitching matchups, looking at the ballparks. We're looking left, right and center for something that's going to be a glass half full that gets us excited that, hey, this could be the thing that turns around Dalton show's offense. Well, you Darvish ain't it. You Darvish ain't, doesn't have the cure for what ails Dalton Varshow struggling bad at the plate. Dalton Show hitting just 205 versus righties this season. Puke emoji. And versus you Darvish, four for 21. Oof. Coming up on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, going to have some fun as we take a look at a team that we could put together of players who were once Blue Jays and once Padres. Again, I mean, including yesterday, These two organizations, these two franchises have only ever played 16 games against each other. For the Blue Jays, that's by far their lowest, not by far, but it is their lowest against any other opponent. Yet, ironically, so many players have repped the Jays and the Padres on the big league level. So I thought it'd be fun to put together a team of ex-Jays and ex-Padres. Now, first, I wanted to mention an exciting new sponsor we have here, Dave. Finances can be intimidating. That's why you need Dave. Dave can make managing your money so much easier with an interest-free extra cash trademark advance fee-free oh, fee-free goal tracking easy for me to say fee-free goal tracking and easy ways to find side hustle to make money Dave is a banking app that is leveling the financial playing field when you download Dave you could get up to 500 in 5 minutes or less no credit check no late fees it's all part of the Dave extra cash trademark account advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later you can even rebuild your credit if you settle up, if and when you settle up on time. Millions have already downloaded the, the Dave app to make their finances easier. So if you're in a pinch, you get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. And you could get up to 500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Go to dave.com slash MLB and get up to $500 in five minutes or less when you download Dave. For terms, visit dave.com slash legal. Oh, boy. I hope you enjoyed this part. You had a lot of fun putting this together. Again, I just think it's so ironic how many players... Where do you see the team that we're putting together here of of players who have played for the Blue Jays and the Padres, even though these two franchises have, you know... almost no history on the field playing each other right again the last time the jays the last time these two franchises were together was back in 2019 and before that it was 2016 like it it is super few and far between for these teams getting together on the field but i'm just i'm just amazed at how many players good but you wait to see the teams are going to put together good players have played for both organizations let's start with did you know that blue jay media personality kevin barker Hazel May's husband, did you know Kevin Barker played for the Blue Jays and the Padres? So did Pete Walker. How about that? Pete Walker pitched for the Padres and the Blue Jays. I mean, and uh, for me, I'm already intrigued here. And, and the intrigue gets even more when you mention that there's some CanCon. There's some Canadian content as well as Paul Quantrill pitched for the Padres and the Blue Jays. And Matt Stairs hit bombs for the Padres and the Blue Jays. So let's make our team here. Now, first base and second base, you know, Fred McGriff, Roberto Alomar, sure. Now, we're not going to deep dive them yet. In the outfield, of course, you have Joel Carter at shortstop. We could have Tony Fernandez. That that major trade between the Padres and the Blue Jays, of course, is worthy of a deep dive. Now, we're going to get into that more tomorrow as part of Throwback Thursday. But for now, for now, we'll mention Fred McGriff at first base. Now, you could have Roberto Alomar at second base, personally, I put the O-Dog. I put Orlando Hudson at second base. He was just so enjoyable, so fun. Doesn't have any of the off-field off, you know, concerns that, that we ended up finding out about Roberto Alomar. So for me, I've got Orlando Hudson as my second baseman. Ed Sprague as my third baseman. Everydayers will know Ed Sprague is a name that's come up a few times. The touch all joe home run, obviously, in 1993. Obviously, that's the highlight of, you know, of home runs in Blue Jay franchise history. But that Ed Sprague, Two run pinch hit home run that would win Game Two of the '92 World Series, where the Blue Jays were staring, being down two games to none, right in the face. And or uh, do you remember we, we we deep dive this too? It was like was like five or something. Like it was a super small number of teams in World Series history that have been down two zero went on to win the World Series. So the Blue Jays in that Game Two of that World Series, remember they lost Game One of '92 World Series, they lost that three to one at Atlanta, and they were down by a run at uh, Atlanta in game two. Atlanta had their closer, Jeff Reardon, in there. Derek Bell, we're going to mention in a minute here, came off the bench for an epic pinch hit. He drew a walk in a sensational at-bat. He did a great job. And then Ed Sprague, also pinch hitting, hit the first pitch he saw from Jeff Reardon. He saw the epic at-bat that Derek Bell had with Reardon. You know, Prior to his at-bat, he knew Reardon was going to try to get ahead of him with a fastball for strike one, and Sprague was ready to attack it. Blue Jays would win that game. Massive. I've always said, if Ed Sprague does not hit that home run in game two of the 1992 World Series, does the touch all joe home run even happen? Because remember now, I don't think the Blue Jays in 93 are the defending champions in 92 if Ed Sprague doesn't hit that home run. And if the Blue Jays aren't the defending champions going into 90, 1993, Does Dave Stewart definitely want to be here? Does Paul Molitor definitely want to be here? The the guys that they brought in, because those are guys that wanted to be part of a team that was going for a repeat, someone who had shown they can be a championship team, right? Paul Molitor looking for that first World Series championship. So Ed Sprague, massive in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. He's the third baseman because he played for the Padres. Again, could have Tony Fernandez here, but I'm going to stick Alex Gonzalez Alex Gonzalez, wow, he was a defensive whiz for the Toronto Blue Jays, played a little bit for the San Diego Padres as well. He's probably best known for that whole Steve Bartman, right? He was part of the Steve Bartman debacle with the Chicago Cubs when uh, when Moises Alou was going to catch that foul ball. You know the whole Steve Bartman thing, which, I, I mean, side note, I feel horrible for Steve Bartman. I think he's got a beyond bad uh, bad reputation from that, and it's really uh, negatively affected his life. But yeah, So I've got Alex Gonzalez as the shortstop at the catcher spot. There's so many to choose from that we actually have like a Buck Martinez, Ernie Witt scenario. We have one right-handed catcher that's going to face the lefties, and we have a left-handed hitting catcher that's going to face the righties. Benito Santiago, Greg Myers, love it. And Greg Myers is used to the to the uh, uh, to that platoon, right? Greg Myers was the left-handed hitting catcher when Pat Borders was the right-handed hitting catcher. So I love the catcher situation, and of course the DH. We already mentioned him earlier. How could it be anybody but Matt Stairs? How could it be anybody but Matt Stairs? Right? Of course. Now, in the outfield, this is amazing. We have four outfielders, all four. Again, played for the Blue Jays, played for the Padres. All four figured prominently in the 92 and the 93 World Series for the Toronto Blue Jays. Obviously, Joe Carter's one of them. Again, going to deep dive that more tomorrow. Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield played 22 seasons, spent the first eight of those seasons as a San Diego Padre. He would spend season 19 of his 22 seasons in 1992 with the champion Toronto Blue Jays. To this day, he'll tell you that was the most fun he ever had in a season. 22 seasons is one with the Toronto Blue Jays as his most fun. And did he leave a mark? He was awesome with the Padres as the Blue Jays again, just one season. But the that Winfield wants noise. I mean, the, the atmosphere at the Rogers Center that has become so incredible over the years. Dave Winfield sort of coaxed that out. You know, the Toronto Blue Jack fan base is, is, is Canadians, right? We're we're a little milder mannered than that, right? He, he had to bring that animal, that that ferocious noise-making crowd out of us. You remember, if you're old enough to remember the Winfield Wants Noise, that was the cover of the paper. Winfield Wants Noise. It was in the World Series. He said, Hey. 50,000-plus at the Rogers uh, Skydome, then. I shouldn't be able to hear myself think. I want noise. And then the Winfield wants noise was born. And, of course, talk about Ed Sprague's big home run in game, too. Well, do the Blue Jays even win that World Series if if Dave Winfield doesn't deliver that extremely clutch two-run double down the left-field line? Remember, that snuck it right past Terry Pendleton, Braves' third baseman. That was off Charlie Liebrandt, Braves' veteran lefty. So it was veteran versus veteran. Dave Winfield shoots the double. It's a two-run double in the Blue Jays. That was in game six. That was the game-winning hit in the 11th inning as the Blue Jays win their first-ever World Series championship. Ricky Henderson, didn't I tell you? It's, it's an epic outfield, and they all have to do with the championship teams. So Ricky Henderson, he played just over two seasons with the Padres, now stole 91 bases for them. and That was several years after he stole 22 bases in 44 games for the 1993 Toronto Blue Jays. And every day, as we know, we've talked about Ricky's contributions to the 93 Blue Jays before. If you just look at the numbers on the surface, you're probably going to walk away a little underwhelmed. I mean, not the stolen base numbers. 44 games he played as a Blue Jay he had 22 steals. I mean, that's that's awesome. That that That's incredible. But really just the, I mean, the batting average wasn't there, but. He worked walks. The on-base was there. He scored big runs in the world series. He had big hits as well. Ricky Henderson was a massive contributor to the 1993 uh, repeat champion, Toronto Blue Jays. I want to shout out Jose Cruz Jr. As well. He could be the fourth outfielder here. Cause he, his last uh, he played for the Blue Jays for a while. And then over the course of his last six seasons, he was all over the place. He played for seven different teams over his last six seasons. San Diego was one of them, but I'm going to have Derek Bell as the fourth outfielder. And again, this directly speaks to the '92 and '93 champions. Derek Bell was the fourth outfielder for the '92 World Series champions. Blue Jays were up three games to one at home, Roger Center. Last game at or Skydome at the time. Last game at the Skydome. Then it went back to Atlanta for Game Six and Game Seven. Blue Jays were up three games to one. And before the game, I was at that game. And before the game, the the camera on the on the jumbotron there panned the Blue Jay bench, and then it got to Derek Bell, and he held up a sign, a handwritten sign he had made that said, "Tonight's the night." and the place went ballistic. You couldn't hear yourself think, because if, if the Jays had won that game, they clinched the World Series right there. Well, Lonnie Anderson would hit an opposite field home run, three-run shot off of uh, Jack Morris uh, early in that game to show that uh, tonight, in fact, was not the night. But but anyway, but, uh, but Derek Bell, a part of that 92 World Series team. Then in 93, in the offseason, he gets traded for Darren Jackson for uh, with the Mets, trade with the Mets for Darren Jackson. Darren Jackson was going to be the fourth outfielder for the 93 Blue Jays, but he really struggled early on. And in New York, the Mets' brand new shortstop, Tony Fernandez, the new to the Mets at that time. It was his first season with the Mets. He was really struggling. So the Blue Jays and Mets end up making a trade, Darren Jackson, for Tony Fernandez. Oh, did that work out? Tony Fernandez would hit over 300 for the Blue Jays in the rest of that season. And his nine RBIs that season in the World Series for the Blue Jays, that's a record for most RBIs in a World Series for a shortstop. Did that trade work out? My goodness. My goodness. How about the pitching staff? David Wells is our ace. David Wells is our ace. Boomer Wells, he pitched for the Blue Jays in 89, 91, and 92 and pitched for the Padres in 2006. Like, David Wells was a big deal for both of these franchises. Woody Williams. Woody Williams, five seasons in the majors, his his first, sorry, 15 seasons. He had a lot of time in the majors. His first six seasons were with the Blue Jays. Now, would you believe Woody Williams is one of only 18 pitchers in baseball history to beat every single major league team? I think that's pretty epic. Now, in 1998, he was traded for Joey Hamilton. Traded to San Diego for Joey Hamilton. That's going to be, hey, that's our next rotation, guys. We have David Wells. We have Woody Williams. We have Joey Hamilton. I've got Brandon Morrow in the rotation. Yes, for the most part of his career, Brandon Morrow was a reliever, a closer at times as well. But he started a lot of games over the course of his career as well. Started for the Blue Jays and started games for the Padres. So I've got Brandon uh, uh, Morrow in there. And rounding out the The rotation, I've got Matt Latos now. Matt Matt Latos was a nine-year veteran. He ended his career in 2017 with the Blue Jays. He was trying to have sort of like a reclamation project and it's too bad it didn't work out because Matt Latos previous to that he had some injuries in that that really derailed his career but he was looking really good early on in his career had a few really good seasons to open up his career with the San Diego Padres so the Padres and the Blue Jays for Matt Latos that was the bookends of his career started with the Padres ended with the Blue Jays was awesome with the Padres not so much with the Blue Jays Now, how about in the bullpen let's start with Joaquin Benoit do you remember Joaquin Benoit Joaquin Benoit, the veteran, he was a reliever for the Padres in 2014 and 2015. In 2016, found themselves on the Toronto Blue Jays. Remember, 2016 Toronto Blue Jays, that's a playoff team. Did Joaquin Benoit contribute to the 2016 Toronto Blue Jay playoffs? Well, he made 25 appearances for the Jays. And on September 11th, 2016, David Ortiz hit a solo home run off of Joaquin Benoit. That's it. 25 appearances for the veteran Benoit for the playoff 2016 Blue Jays. That solo home run against David Ortiz, that's the only run he allowed. Is that getting the job done? Tip of the cap. Tip of the cap to the veteran there. Of course, we mentioned him earlier. Of course, Paul Quantrill's in our bullpen. Aaron Loop is in our bullpen. Am I allowed to have Kirby Yates in there? It definitely feels like it's cheating, right? I mean, he did really well. He he led the league in saves one year as a San Diego Padre, then got hurt. The Blue Jays brought him in to see if, if, if he could get healthy. He didn't get healthy. He never never threw a pitch for the Toronto Blue Jays, but collected a paycheck for the Toronto Blue Jays. So does that count or am I cheating there? You, you let me know if Kirby Yates counts or not. I've got daniel hudson in the back of that bullpen and my closer randy myers now randy myers this is another story really cool story really interesting story anyway in my opinion between the padres and the blue jays so that's going to be part of throwback thursday so we're deep diving that that epic trade tony fernandez fred mcgriff from toronto to the padres roberto wellimer joe carter from the padres to toronto <laughs> did that work out my goodness but we're also going to look at what happened with randy myers i think it's an interesting story Now, coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast with the trade deadline rapidly approaching, we'll start to look at what the Toronto Blue Jays could be, and dare I say should be, looking for. But first, I wanted to talk about a new sponsor we've got, fairly new at this point anyway, Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Well, head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is a fantasy sports plus real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world, over 5 million users in 2022 alone, while earning some of the highest levels of engagement per user in the industry. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. On Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payout. All you have to do is choose between two or more players that you like and select the more or the less of their stat categories, categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, you know, and much more, of course, right? Get the picks right. You could win big. There's a built-in group chat functionality that I appreciate as well, where you can see and copy your group's picks with the tap of a button. And your entries can be made in like 30 seconds or less. It's really actually quite easy and important to me. They have safe and fast withdrawals. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today third and final segment we are t minus two weeks we're within two weeks now of the trade deadline so it's go time to start having these conversations and start really paying attention to the trade market i'm going to start today with a need i know it's very very ironic to say that the blue jays really need a right-handed bat that can hit left-handed pitching because for the last several seasons it seems like all the blue jay fan base has been talking about is that we need a left-handed bat to hit the righties well (laughs) now now it's ironically the other way around the Blue Jays are 9-7 and seven this season versus left-handed pitchers. Now, the Blue Jays were the worst team in baseball last season versus lefties. They were 12-18. and 18. I think that literally, if I remember correctly, I think literally the Washington Nationals had a worse record than that, but the Washington Nationals were one of the worst teams in the league last season. Of, let's put it this way, then, of contending teams last season. Not only were the Blue Jays the worst against lefties, they were by far the worst against lefties. 9-7 and seven this season. It's a huge improvement, yes. But the Yankees are 10 and 7 against lefties. The Red Sox are 17 and 10 against lefties. The Tampa Rays, Tampa Bay Rays are 13 and 5 against lefties. The Orioles, 20 and 10 against lefties. So the rest of the American League East combined, 60 and 32 against lefties. The rest of the American League East is smashing lefties and winning consistently against lefties this season. That 1632 record, that's a 652 winning percentage. That's a team that's on pace to win 106 games for a season. I mean, the rest of the AL East is smashing lefties. Blue Jays need to pick that up. Dalton Varshaw, 15 for, for 58. That's a 259 batting average against lefties. Now, ironically, that's you know, world's eons better than his 205 against righties, but all 12 of Varsho's home runs have come against righties. Brandon Belt is three for 18 against lefties. Kevin Biggio two for sixteen against lefties. That's a combined one forty seven batting average. The Toronto Blue Jays lefties outside of Kevin Kiermaier, or sorry, no, um, yeah, outside of Kevin Kiermaier. Sorry, Kiermaier has been legit. Kiermaier sixteen for forty nine. That's a three twenty seven batting average with a three sixty five on base against lefties. We're not looking to to take our bats away from Kevin Kiermaier. He has been. Really good against lefties. But the rest of the lefties against lefties, rest of the left-handed hitters against left-handed pitchers, just 20 for 92. That's a 217 batting average, zero home runs. You see the need. You see the need for some pop, right? Someone that can come in and hit a, a left-handed pitcher. Thought it might be Jordan Luplo, but he didn't really get a chance for the Blue Jays. That doesn't look like they believe in him. A lot of people want it to be Nelson Cruz. Uh-uh. Uh, Nelson Cruz... Uh, his, he's got a six, six, six OPS this season versus lefties. Uh, you know, the last over the course of, 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 Cruz's career, he's been excellent against lefties. Yes. These last couple years though, he's 43 since he hit his forties. No, no, no. He's slowed way down. We do not want Nelson Cruz, my top choice. And this is big game hunting here, but I would love to see Lane Thomas. He's out there in Washington. He's hitting over 300 on the season. He's got a lot of home runs. He is. He's hitting almost 400 against lefties. He's smashing lefties and his OPS against lefties is over a thousand. Now, Lane Thomas will cost you something like that. It'll be a bit of a trade for the Toronto Blue Jays, but it's my number one hope. Tommy Pham could certainly be serviceable here in in this spot because the Mets have certainly, I mean, embarrassingly bowed out of their race. Uh, Tommy Pham hitting 271 with nine home runs on the season. Now, seven of those nine home runs have have been against lefties. His OPS is just under 900 against lefties, and his career on base percentage is 388 against lefties. Tommy Pham, he's a bit of a you-know-what, but... He may be the cure for what ails this Blue Jays team against lefties. I would be calling the Oakland A's to see what they want for Brent Rooker. Brent Rooker's got 16 home runs this season. Six of those were against lefties. He's got an OPS just under 900 against lefties. And you know this Oakland A's organization is in shambles. They're an absolute mess. They're an organization that that you could maybe take for a ride on a trade here. So I would absolutely be reaching out to Oakland about Brent Rooker. I know know this is funny to say. I know this, but Teo. Teo and is to be honest with you, but I mean, Teo's got uh, 15 home runs this season. Six of those are against lefties. He's hitting 300 against lefties. He's got an 870 OPS against lefties. Now, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, Seattle wouldn't trade him. They'd be embarrassed uh, to trade him. But I don't think Seattle would be embarrassed at all. Seattle needs to conduct business. They, they made the trade. Remember, they traded Eric Swanson. They weren't even using Eric Swanson at the end of last season. The, the Mariners were dealing from a position of strength. They had a lot of really good relievers. So they were dealing from a position of strength. I absolutely think that they know they're not going to re-up with Teo long term, so they could definitely be looking to trade him at the trade deadline to create a trade tree to try to get some more assets in there and the blue Jays could be involved in that. Uh, I don't think it would be they would consider that embarrassing or, or anything along those lines because this is this is a player they were going to be done with at the end of the season anyway and they acquired him by dealing from a position of strength. so I would definitely be looking at Teo. What are your thoughts here? First of all, this is where I've started. This is where I've started as the number one area that the Blue Jays need. We'll get into starting pitching. We'll get into, but we'll get into other things as we get towards the trade deadline. But I think the priority is what we're looking at right here, a right-handed bat that can hit well against left-handed pitching. Do you agree? First of all, do you even agree that that's an area the Jays need to improve on? And would you agree with my assessment that this is the top need they need to improve on? Or if you've got something else on your mind, please drop that comment. I definitely want to hear from you. Now that's a wrap for Wednesday's Locked On Blue Jays. Reminder, you can catch tonight's game on SiriusXM and keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. This week, I have a really exciting announcement about a live event that I'll be co-hosting in September with Scott from the Walk-Off Podcast. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I can't wait to bring you that information that's coming later this week. For now, for today, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Go Jays, go, and we'll talk tomorrow.